It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL season is here. We got football live tonight. Can you believe it? We're talking Vikings, though. Their depth chart on the offensive side today. The Twins, double trouble yesterday. Very much double trouble. We're talking about that, too. All that and more coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on CARE 11. Thursday, Reg, NFL is officially back. We made it. I know, man. I know. <laughs> and, and we get football now until February. Love it. Hey, remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter. Give us a follow at Locked On M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too. Free and available. All platforms. Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson Show, the Football Party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Viking stock with local experts. Do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. All right. To football we go. Say it with me, Reg. How many days until week one of the NFL season kicks off? Zero. We did it. We're going to get into all of our full NFL season predictions, rookie of the years, Super Bowl predictions, the whole nine yards. But first, we're picking up where we left off yesterday in part two of our opening series, going position by position. We're naming one backup and depth piece for the Vikings we think could play a pivotal role in this 2022 season. Now, we rolled through the defense yesterday. Today, we finish with the offense. Let's start with maybe the easiest one out the gate, the offensive line, because as I mentioned yesterday, some of these positions, you're going to see heavy rotations, guys coming in and out all season. When it comes to the offensive line, in a perfect world, you're going to see the same five guys week in and week out. But if there was one backup depth piece you're most confident in, who might that be, Rich? Uh, I guess just based on playing time, I guess I go Ali Udo just because he he has the experience of, of playing in meaningful games last year. Uh, maybe not the best, you know, when it comes to like him starting full time. But if you're talking about someone who can just come in and, and give you some reps, if if something happens to one of the starting guys, I think that's someone that you can kind of rely on to to get you where you need to go. Yeah, no, I'm with you. No clear-cut number six man in this group standing out. I'm with you. I thought, well, Oliudo did start 16 games last season, so maybe he takes a step forward with that full year starting under his belt. But to be honest, I thought he would be a surprise cut maybe just two, three weeks ago. I'm going to go with Chris mm -hmm. Reed, a veteran. He's versatile. If Bradbury struggles at center position, I feel a lot better about Reed stepping in than I did with Mason Cole last season, so I think that's a little mm -hmm. bit of an upgrade. And then Blake Brand 
Randall's been a little bit of a surprise. I got to mention him. 67 snaps last season, but 66 of them were in that jumbo package where he actually lined up as a tight end. People don't know that. So he's the backup swing tackle now. And with the lack of depth at tight end, I wonder if you see him in some of those bigger formations, those three tight end jumbo sets like we did last year. Six round pick out of Oregon State in 2020. He's just progressed really nicely these last two seasons. All right, next one up, wide receivers. If the Vikes do deploy this 11 personnel as much as we think, then three wide receivers should be considered the starters, right? So J.J. Thielen mm -hmm. and Osborne. After that, which wide receiver excites you the most? You know, from a speed perspective alone and just a, a, from a I-got-something-to-prove standpoint, Jalen Rager, you know, he could be a guy that you can put on, you know, some jet sweeps, maybe some go routes just to see, you know, him stretch the field with that defense, with his speed. I think he's someone who can who can stand to to really up his profile this season with the Vikings behind Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. Like if they employ like a four or five wide receiver set. I think he can be a guy who can stretch the field and do some really, um, really important things for that offense. If his head is in it, he seems motivated. They said, you know, in Philly, he had a really good camp. And so I think we're just excited to see exactly how he contributes because losing a piece like Amir Smith-Marset is really tough completely new atmosphere for him and his surroundings are so much better both on and off the field I just think taking that pressure off him not to be the number one guy is going to help him so much he doesn't even need to be the number two guy he just needs to make plays when he gets chances out there Jalen Naylor could be a solid backup but probably a wait and see and maybe reevaluate in 2023 next one up mm -hmm. tight end this one's interesting I guess I'll say interesting maybe the worst depth and most concerning area if Irv Smith were to go down. Vikes front office really gambling on Irv staying healthy for the first time in his career. So otherwise behind him, it's Johnny Munn or Ben Ellison. Pick your poison. Who you got? I guess just from a like, hey, I've played in meaningful NFL games before. I mm -hmm. think I'll go Johnny Munt. But it's just mm -hmm. so weird, man. Like the most that he's done was back in 2020. He had four catches for 53 yards. Mm-hmm. He hasn't scored a touchdown in his NFL career. He's been in the league since 2017, but I think he's mostly been as a as a blocking tight end. And so you're talking about putting a guy like this in to get you some some meaningful snaps and I'm just not really sure like what that's going to look like. I don't know. I really don't know, but when you talk about it, I think he's the guy that gives, I guess, the most upside just because he has the most experience. If he did go down, Vikes still want to keep a tight end on the field and run that 11 personnel. You know who I'm banging the table for? CJ Ham. Probably won't happen, but can you imagine if KLC wants the best 11 guys on the field on every play, then maybe you find mm -hmm. a way to get CJ involved, whether it's at fullback or tight end. All right, last one because we're skipping the quarterback. I think we know Nick Mullins is the clear-cut number two. So which running back do you think offers the best depth in case of injury if Dalvin were to go down? You know, I really like Kane and Ty. You know, I think mm -hmm. uh, both of those guys can can step in and be RB2 if Dalvin goes down because I think Alexander Madison has shown enough for me to be confident in his abilities when Dalvin is not in the game. And, you know, when, 
we've seen him. I think last year I kind of made the point that he runs a little bit better when he's in like as a substitute as opposed to in relief. Like in the games that he's played with when Dalvin has not been available, like Madison runs like a crazy man. Like he he just gets after it. You got a hundred yard games and he's breaking tackles. He's looking like Dalvin Cook. And then all of a sudden when when he's kind of like spelling Dalvin in, in games, I think he's not necessarily as effective, but he is a good um backup to Dalvin. And so you're confident in his abilities. But then when you talk about Kane and the speed that he has, Chandler and the playmaking ability that he has, I think you're confident in both of those guys to be able to step in and really provide you something in the case that Cook is not available. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Probably no wrong answer here, but I want the guy I feel best about giving 20 touches to, 20 carries, keeping a defense honest. And even though half the fan base was ready to accept a seventh-round conditional pick last week for him, I think Alexander Madison's got to be my guy because we know what we can get as a bell cow. Chandler, Kenny Nwangu seem like really explosive guys that offer different skill sets, but I'm not sure they can be that bell cow just yet. Doesn't mean they can't. I just don't know it for sure. Now that we're here, we made it to Viking season, I think fans are going to be really glad they kept Madison around if and when Dalvin does get dinged up and misses some time. But there you have it. Best backup and depth pieces for the Vikings and most concerning positions heading into 2022. Coming up, we're talking what's been the most disappointing part of the Twins' recent skid. And trust me, there's plenty to choose from. But first, next time you're hungry for that midday snack, grab a Built Bar. Built Bar made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible and provides tons of health benefits. Each bar has just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein and packs the perfect punch of nutrition and taste. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right, to baseball we go. And you know, Reg, we've had a lot of tough conversations about the Twins this season. They haven't been easy on us, to say the least. We come on here the next day. We talk about games that they should have won, but they didn't time and time again. But yesterday in Yankee Stadium, got the Central Division on the line. Every game matters. So pivotal. Game one of a doubleheader. Twins left a pivotal win on the table despite a good starting effort by Louis Varlin. I mean, I can't ask much more than that from Louis Varlin. His first career start in Yankee Stadium. Five and one-third innings, three hits, two earned, seven Ks, just one walk. I mean, 
Come on, what more do you want? Twids had countless opportunities to win this one, both early and in extras. In the end, though, they lose 5-4 in the 12. They get worked in game two, just nothing left in the tank, 7-1. to one. So, Reg, my question is, what's the one most disappointing or frustrating part of this team and their recent struggles? Is it like a specific player like Carlos Correa, only one for six in game one when you really needed him to step up and kind of be the hero that you paid him to be? What is it that really just grinds your gears about how this team finds a way to lose these kinds of games? You know, it's interesting because Carlos Correa provides flashes. You know, he mm -hmm. hit a home run last night. He had the amazing play as short, uh, throwing out the runner at first base. Like, he, he has those plays where you're just like, oh, yeah, like, he's that dude. But then he kind of disappears in other moments, some strikeouts, you know, grounding into double plays. Like it, it's, it's kind of frustrating that he's as inconsistent as he is. And I think that's something that you really are frustrated about when you talk about, you know, them bringing him in as a big ticket acquisition this off season. But honestly, it's not all on him. When the moment gets big, it seems like the twins just don't do enough to get it done. It's so tough, man. They they were cooking with gas just a couple weeks ago. They're like, you know, you look like you leave them for dead. And then all of a sudden you're just like, man, they, they, they turn it around, go on the winning streak. And then now they've come back to earth. Like they came into the week with a chance to take over Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't done, you know, anything all that impressive. Look at this last 10, they're three and seven. You can't take advantage of that. I think when when you look at the bats and the pitching, you know, the starters have been solid. You know, Joe Ryan gives up the grand slam last night. That was that was tough. But man, I I, I felt so bad for Louis Varlin yesterday. He came out and was fantastic. You know, struck out Aaron Judge. You know, Judge did get him back, but that was the only run that he gave up. And then Griffin Jacks comes in, and then it's just like, oh well. So much for that. And like the bullpen struggles just continue. And I think that is disappointing as well. When you look at the improvements that they've made to the bullpen, especially, you know, getting those arms at the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see them still with these struggles. I think that's the part that makes it tough to watch. You know, yesterday you were just waiting on the other shoe to drop. In that first game, they finally break through in extras. But it's like they can't step on the gas. Like when you when you give them like a an inch, like you want them to take a mile, but they don't. They just take the inch, and you're just like, dang man! Like they had they had multiple opportunities to break that game open when they did, but they still only got one run out of it in the twelfth. And then the Yankees come out in the bottom of the frame, and they do what they do, and they walk it off, and they win it. It's it's interesting looking at this team. The Yankees just seem to be their kryptonite. What was the stat since 2002? The Twins are 39 and 116 against the Yankees. I don't know what it is. Is it just a psyche and mental thing now at this point, Reg? It has to be. It's just like that team that all of a sudden you're just like, oh my god, it's the big bad Yankees. Like, and I think they don't mean to, you know, be tight cheeked when they play them. They don't mean to, you know get beat down to them but like it just happens 
they shrink in the moment against the Yankees. And it, it is frustrating. If you're a fan, you're just like, dang, man. Like, you want them to continue to play the Yankees because you want them to finally break through against those guys. And the Yankees have been slumping. You know, like, they haven't played their best baseball. Only, like, Aaron Judge was kind of hitting before uh, they they came into this series with the Twins. And now, all of a sudden, you know, you got guys hit, like Isaiah uh, like I don't even know how to pronounce his name. They they call him Nobody IKF. Does. Who is this? He guy? hits the yeah. He hits the home run last night. You're just like, dude. Like, what is going on? Glaber Torres. He hits the home run. You're just like, dude. Like these bats have been pretty silent, other than Aaron Judge lately. And all of a sudden, like everybody's hitting. What is going on? It's the Twins. I I don't understand. I think John Heyman tweeted out last night. The Twins are a good baseball team, even though Yankees fans probably don't know it because of their performance against the Yankees every game. Plenty of options to pick through here and decipher, all right, what's the one thing? It's not one thing, but I've talked about this all year. Timely hitting, you just kind of mentioned it and tapped into it. 0 for 5 in game two with runners in scoring position. Not going to win like that. And 4 for 15 in game one, which isn't actually horrible, but 11 runners left on base. And again, it's just the timely hitting when you need that mm -hmm. big hit. There comes a point in every game where you need someone to step up to the plate and get you a clutch base hit and just have a quality at bat. And right now, there's just not one guy in the lineup you feel great about in those do-or-die situations for the Twins. I don't know if it's just the Buxton factor missing or what. I know Miranda has been red hot, but couldn't come through in the clutch. So just so disappointing when you're so close to being a really solid team and giving these games away like they have throughout the season. Been an absolute roller coaster for the Twins in 2022. It's not over yet, as we just saw Matt throughout the standings. Only two games back, but certainly the vibe isn't great right now in the clubhouse. One more in New York tonight. And then the season is, it's going to ride or die on this next mm -hmm. stretch of 8 of 11 with Cleveland coming up. So the one mm -hmm. thing I will say about this team Reg, whenever things are getting dark and gloomy, they almost always have came back with a little bit of streak of their own. I think they've only lost four games in a row one time this season. So hopefully they're getting it out of their system now in New York before Cleveland shows up. But, you know, probably just jinx that now. So that's my fault. You can blame <laughs> me on that. That's on me, Well, it's interesting because you look at these series coming up and you got Cleveland for three, Kansas City mm -hmm. for three, Cleveland mm -hmm. for one, two, three, four, five. five. After that, then you got Kansas City again for three, and then you got the Angels. And and I think this schedule is favorable if they can get it done. Like, Kansas City, that should be a three-game sweep with how they're playing. Cleveland, they should be competitive against these guys in this three-game set coming up this weekend. Like, And then that five-game stretch against Cleveland, that's pretty much make or break right there. That That's do or die right there. Like, if they can't be competitive or get it done at least three of those five like they're probably cooked all right time has come one of my new favorite segments called give me one give me one i'm gonna throw out an nfl topic to reggie he's gonna give me his first response that just comes to mind we're continuing where we left off from yesterday we got through our nfl mvps Reg went JJ, he went homer, I went shock with Josh Allen. But with the NFL season officially upon us tonight, it's time to rip through our season-long predictions. And Reg, these are going to be put in the vault. Matt's going to play them back to us at the end of the oh, year. No. So make them count here. Yeah, first up, offense oh, and no. defensive players of the year. Who you got? All right. 
So I'm looking at a list right here, and it's it's funny because I'm not really confident on a lot of these these uh, names. It's funny I picked JJ as as MVP, so I can't pick him as Offensive Player of the Year. I'm, I'm looking at this NFL list right now, and mm-hmm. they have JJ as Offensive Player of the Year. So if that's not the case, Ooh. if that's not the case, you know what? Offensive Player of the Year. I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson. He's in this Ooh, love weird entanglement with the Ravens as far as his contract. I think he put a Friday deadline on getting a contract mm-hmm. done. He's negotiating for himself. I think he comes out and he's like, "Look, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want to pay me. Okay, take this. Let let's see what you can do about this." It's funny he doesn't have Hollywood anymore, so it's probably going to be a little bit more on him to go out there and and make some things happen. But I think this is going to be one of his best seasons of his career. No, that's a great point because to win MVP, you have to have the right surroundings. You almost can't have too much talent around you because that decreases your own value. And that's why all that Kirk Cousins MVP talk, as much as I love it, it, it's one of those things where you got J.J., Thielen, Osborne, Irv Smith, a good O-line, Dalvin Cook. That's almost too much Mm -hmm. talent and superstars around you to say you are the most valuable part of this team. Defensively, the odds on faves guys are like Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt. If you're in Vegas, and you want the value play for my money no better value for the dollar than derwin james he was hurt all last Mm. year so people really aren't paying enough attention to him but maybe no bigger chess piece in all of football than james he's gonna line up at linebacker deep center fielder in the box safety outside boundary cornerback inside slot cornerback you name it he literally does it all and because of that he's a stat machine He had over 100 tackles when healthy. He's going to get sacks. He's going to get interceptions. He's going to get tackles for loss, forced fumbles, total package. And one side I just pulled up this morning had him at 50 to 1. Hey, again, Mm. I love Nick Bosa and TJ Watt and Aaron Donald, but those are, are, you know, 6 to 1, 7 to 1. Derwin James at 50 to 1. I love the value. And offensively, how about this quarterback? Same team, different side of the ball. Justin Herbert busted out in a Mm. big way in year two. I think it all comes together now in year three. Outstanding weapons around him. Great O-line. They just drafted Zion Johnson with their first-round pick. Had over 5,300 yards collectively through the air and the ground. 5,300. We talk about, like, can Kirk hit 4,500? Herbert had 5,300 last year. So on top of the 41 touchdowns, I just think there's going to be a lot of shootouts in that AFC West and his numbers are going to explode. If you left your fantasy draft with Herbert, Keenan, Mike Williams, I'm just saying, I'd feel really good heading into the year. Vault me though, Reg, Justin Herbert, Derwin James, same team, offense and defensive players of the year. There there we go. All right, next one up. Offense and defensive rookie of the years. Who you got? Here we go. Offensive player of the year. (laughs) Offensive rookie of the year. I got uh, Chris Olave. I've been high on this guy since Ohio State. I covered the guy at Ohio State. The dude is just a consummate, just worker at wide receiver. And look, this dude has incredible body control. He catches everything. And I think he's going to be a great weapon for Jameis coming back. And and also going to take some pressure off of guys like Michael Thomas largely being injured the last two seasons and then Jarvis Landry as well getting a lot of the attention on the other side I think you put Olave in the slot and I think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver seven eight plus touchdowns this season like I believe in that guy 
Defensive Rookie of the Year? Defensive Rookie of the Year. Look, I covered him. I covered him in, in college. I, I don't know why that seems to be a, a prerequisite for me, but, like, I've seen <laughs> these guys up close, okay? Ahmad Sauce Gardner is my guy. I think he is going to, like, burst onto the scene and really, like, count himself among some of the young premier corners in the NFL. Like, I think he's going to be as advertised. Yeah, I went with the Chargers combo for players of the year. I'm going with the Jets combo for rookies of the year. I'm with you, Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall. And, you know, Brees. I got to be honest, I've been, I've been sleeping on Hall since the Jets drafted him because I, I didn't really like their offensive line. They lost Mekhi Becton for the season. But then I just went back and looked. Their interior offensive line is actually pretty solid. And Hall is one of those dudes that is so fast, so explosive. It might not even matter who's blocking for him. And as far as Sauce wow. goes, like you said, just go watch the tape. Just go watch this guy in person live one time. Was there anybody better at his position coming out in the draft than Sauce was in coverage at cornerback? Not for me and my money. Give me the Jets combo for offense and defensive rookie of the years. Vault it. All right. Rapid fire. Give me one. Just one sentence explanation here. We got a couple minutes left. Let's go through division winners, and then we'll get to our Super Bowl predictions. Starting the AFC North. Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Who you got? Give me one. I'm going Bengals, baby. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow is not one of them. He is him. He's going to put them in contention every single season. I love it. Everybody's just sleeping on the Bengals and Rams, two teams that went to the Super Bowl. I am going to go Ravens. I think they start this new dynasty back. Love their draft. They're fully healthy. Nobody got decimated by injuries more than the Ravens. Give me one winner in the AFC South. Colts, Titans, Texans, Jags. I'll go Colts because Matt Ryan, I think, is going to have a, a resurgent year. He's excited that the whole like city of Indianapolis is, is excited about Alec Pierce as the wide receiver, too. They, they've been like really like clamoring about him. So I think he's going to have some weapons to throw to. Jonathan Taylor is going to come back and continue to be the dude that mm -hmm. he's been. So I'll go Colts here. Yep, I'm with you. Double down. Colts for me as well. Give me one winner in the AFC East. Pats, Dolphins, Jets, or Bills? Ooh, Bills. Bills. Gotta be Bills. Gotta, Gotta be. be. Yeah. They're I, loaded. I, I, I forgot. They they went 13-3 and three two years ago. Nobody even remembers <laughs> that. 10-6 and six last year, but uh, wow. absolutely outstanding. Give me one winner in the AFC West. Maybe the best division in all of football after this wild offseason. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. The Raiders. To be the man, you got to beat the man. I'm going Chiefs. Still, Love still it. Chiefs, man. They're they're retooling their offense. You know, should be pretty good still on defense, even without uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. They brought Reed over, so I I go I go Chiefs. You know, it's funny if you like the Chiefs, you can all of a sudden after going to four straight AFC championships. You can get pretty good value because everybody's throwing their money on the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. I'm going to go Chargers. I already confessed my love for Justin Herbert. I think Derwin James comes back. They got Khalil Mack now teaming up with Joey Bosa. I'm going with the Chargers there. Moving on to the NFC. Give me one winner in the NFC West. Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, or 49ers? I go Rams. They're the defending champs. I hate the team. You know, we, we can talk all day about how I hate them because of what they did leaving St. Louis. That's fine. You know, whatever. 
But I think, you know, like I said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I think the Rams are clearly the best team in that division. I do think the Cardinals are going to are gonna make some noise, but they always seem to just kind of falter down the stretch. I, I think this might be make or break year for Cliff, but uh, I, I go Rams. I'm going Niners. Something about that Super Bowl hangover always spooks Niners, me out. Huh? I'm going with the Niners. I think Trey Lance busts out in a big way this year, getting really downplayed all offseason and preseason. And Shanahan will really start to unveil all, yeah, unveil all these plays that he's been kind of keeping secret all preseason. Give me one winner in the NFC South: Bucks, Saints, Panthers, or Falcons. Oh, it's gonna be Bucks. It's gonna be Bucks. I mean. You get Julio in there. I think some questions about that offensive line, but it's Brady. He's just going to yell at all of them and say, block for me, block. I think it's going to be fine. But yeah, Bucks, Bucks definitely the class of that division. Any excuse I can not to pick the Bucks. I'm really worried about that interior offensive line. Brady can't move around. He's a pure pocket passer. But you know what? There's just nobody else that really jumps out to me. I know a lot of people love the Saints. Panthers, uh, you know, maybe they get better with yeah. Baker Mayfield. C-Mac comes back. Falcons just aren't going to be that good. Give me the Bucks. Give me one winner in the NFC East. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, or Commanders? Who you got? Going Eagles. Going Eagles. That team is loaded, man. And if Jalen Hurts takes a next step, watch out for them in the East. I just don't ever trust in the Cowboys. I think the Giants are doing some good things, but I don't think they're ready yet. I still don't know if Daniel Jones is their quarterback and then looking at how Carson Wentz played last season, I don't know if I trust him uh, in Washington either. And you need a good quarterback to get to the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm going Eagles. If I had 20 bucks, I was in Vegas just for the value. I'm throwing it on the Eagles, man, to win it all because they are so loaded what they did in the offseason. Mm. Jalen Hurts has more talent now surrounding him. Great draft, by the way, two, two first-round picks. Give me the Eagles, yep. Cowboys. They always fizzle out at the end. Finally, give me one winner in the NFC North, Lions, Bears, Packers, or the Vikes. Who you got? You know what? I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go Vikings. I think they somehow take advantage of the Packers trying to retool and, and get it together. I think the Packers are going to have their games where they struggle this season. They're going to be in it for sure because of who their quarterback is, obviously. But I do think that uh, the Vikings are going to show that – with that talent, they thought that they had something there with the pieces that they have in place. And so they brought some more pieces in, like Zadarius Smith, to come in and complement some of the pieces that they already have. I know it's kind of crazy to say something like this because we really just don't know what to expect from them. We haven't seen what their potential could be. We're going to find out on week one, but I'll go, I'll go Vikings. I'm going to go Packers, but don't worry, Vikings fans. Vikes get in as a wild card. They go into Lambeau, a la Mike Tice, 2005, Randy Moss, Moon Game, and they stun them <laughs> on the road in Lambeau. But Packers, yes, technically they do win the division. All right, give me one NFC championship matchup. We know who your division winners are. Who's going to play each other in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl? Who you got? I'll put the Bucks in there. Just mm -hmm. because, you know, Tom Brady, he's not trying to go out like a sucker. Mm -hmm. That second team is tough for me, you know. Uh, but we'll we'll go rematch of the, I think it was the divisional game last season. Uh, we'll go Rams. Rams, but I like that. 
in the NFC Championship. Uh, I like that. That was a great game, by the way. And this NFC is just kind of wide open. I mean, why not go with kind of the chop and go with the favorites? Because it's not as stacked as the AFC. I'm going to go Packers-Eagles. I really think the Eagles, man, are just going to go on a tear. Great schedule, too. Go look at their first four or five games. They might start... Uh, you know, four and one or five and oh, something like that. Red hot. Give me one AFC championship matchup. I'll give you mine first. Bills. I'm just so high on Josh Allen and the Bills. And then I already confessed my love about the Chargers. Bills Chargers to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you think the Mind Chargers blown. are going to get that far? Yes, sir. You're hilarious. You're hilarious. They never get that <laughs> I mean, far. I mean, I am hilarious. Yeah. I, I think uh, the the survival of the fittest in the AFC West is gonna is gonna be one of those teams just because like like dude that the Chiefs the Broncos the Raiders the Chargers like those teams are going to beat the crap out of each other but I feel like they are the class of the AFC when you when you kind of look at it and so if one of those teams can make it out of that division I think that they can make it to the uh, AFC championship game give me Chiefs and you know what? For the second straight year, I'm going to run it back. Give me Chiefs, Bengals, AFC Ooh. Championship. Wow, that would be a lot of fun. A rematch 2.0, that game last yep. year. All right, finally, yep. give me one winner from your Super Bowl matchup. Bills over the Packers, 33-27. Book it, vault me, lock it up. Play Dang, this back, Matt, Reggie. Okay. Do whatever you got to do. Reggie, who's your Super Bowl matchup and winner? Okay, so I, I just want everyone to know before I start, I'm really not comfortable doing this uh, because I, I don't like to be wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be wrong. A lot of people are saying that tonight's matchup could be the Super Bowl um, in the future, the Bills and Rams, and I, I think that could be possible. That, that could be possible. Uh, before what I'll do, I'll go Bucks and Bengals. And I will take Tom Brady and the Bucks to win it all. And and Brady finally riding out into the sunset to call it a career. Rides out in the sunset on the horse a la Jared Allen with the cowboy hat. I can see it, man. <laughs> finally gets that. What would that be? His eighth ring? Where are we at now? Six, yeah. seven, eight? Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Went a little bit over, but we had to because the NFL's kicking off tonight. Had to get you primed up and ready to roll. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down the first NFL game of the 2022 season, plus more Twins, Vikes, and plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku device. So be sure to look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. We're a podcast, too, free and available. All platforms, subscribe, drop us the five-star review, take us everywhere on the go. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. You can check him out every night on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt the Brits. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.